Hello, hello. You are listening to Apricity. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. My hope is that this podcast feels like a warm hug on a cold winter day. My name is Sion Camille. I'm your host. It is currently 11.31am, October 24th. I'm coming to you live from the podcast studio in Silver Lake. The holidays are approaching us very quickly, so I thought that this would be a good time to do an episode on shadow work. It's such an emotionally charged season. The temptation to cope using unhealthy mechanisms and escapism during the holiday season is always strong and shadow work prepares us for those stressful situations. It helps us have clarity about our values and our priorities. Most of all, it helps us have resilience when we're in those situations that are turbulent. The concept of shadow work was popularized by Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung, so I thought we could start with a quote I read by him. He says, One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. This quote comes from The Philosophical Tree. This work is a collection of essays and lectures by Jung, and the quote encapsulates his ideas about the importance of confronting the shadow and integrating it into one's conscious awareness as a part of the individuation process. If you're not familiar with what individuation means, it's a central idea in Carl Jung's psychology and it represents the process of becoming one's true and unique self by integrating and harmonizing all aspects of the self. So, I'm going to break this episode up into three parts. Part one is what is shadow work? Part two is Carl Jung's observations of the shadow and how we can better understand it. And part three is how to do shadow work. So part one, what is shadow work? Shadow work is a psychological and spiritual concept that involves exploring and addressing the hidden or suppressed aspects of your personality, emotions, and behaviors. It's based on the idea that we all have a shadow side, which consists of the part of ourselves that we often deny, repress, or we're unaware of. And I chose to do this episode today because I have had some shadow tendencies coming up. I've been working on a book, and as I was writing it, I frequently berated myself for not meeting my own creative expectations. This is something I've known about myself for a while, but I think I've denied it and repressed it. I have felt it coming through when I do the podcast, when I shoot things for companies, when really I do anything. I have very strong perfectionist tendencies, and I think often we think perfectionist means you are the absolute best at doing that thing. I'm not saying that the stuff that I create ever comes out perfect. I'm just saying my perception of my work and the things I do is so unrealistic that it was really hindering my work. It was slowing me down and I'll do a whole episode on perfectionism for you guys because this is just such a big theme in my life and has been an aspect of my shadow I've really had to confront. 
and make conscious. Carl Jung says, until you make unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And I decided to dive back into shadow work to work through this. And I've been diving back in. And I've just been loving Carl Jung's teachings so much. Part two, some of Carl Jung's observations of the shadow. Number one, we have both a personal and collective shadow. Jung distinguished between the personal shadow, which consists of an individual's unique repressed or hidden aspects, and the collective shadow, which is shared, culturally influenced aspects of the shadow. This can come out in prejudices, biases, collective behaviors. Something I had to look at for myself when meeting this perfectionism was, where does this come from? Was this something that was individual or was it something that I was taught? And I realized I grew up in an extremely competitive environment where I often felt like I wasn't able to meet the expectations. I felt like the only thing I had to offer was my creativity. And so I put such a big pressure on my creativity. And I know a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this because often the thing holding us back from putting out projects and putting out our work is perfectionism. It is such a common thing. Number two is shadow complexes. Jung described the shadow as having its own complexes, which are clusters of emotionally charged ideas or feelings associated with it. These complexes can influence an individual's behavior and attitudes, often unconsciously. Number three is the shadow's role in the unconscious. Jung believed that the shadow played a crucial role in the dynamics of the unconscious mind. It could influence dreams, projections, and emotional reactions. Integrating the shadow was seen as means to establish better psychological balance and wholeness. If you want to learn more about what is going on in your unconscious mind, look at your dreams. Your dreams give you so much context to what is going on inside of you. And I know sometimes we have dreams that are meaningless, but a lot of the time they're not. I remember my dreams every single night and I have since I was a little kid. I have a dream journal and a really great practice is to just write down your dream the next morning and then do research on the meanings of those dreams. Number four is integration as a lifelong process. Jung emphasized that shadow work was a lifelong process. Its extent could vary from person to person, and the goal was not to eliminate the shadow, but to bring it into conscious awareness and achieve a harmonious coexistence between the conscious and the unconscious aspects of the self. We are all comprised of light and darkness. Shadow work, like any healing practice, is a lifelong practice, and your shadow will come up throughout your life. It's not a one-step fix-all. But when you make peace with those aspects of yourself that you might be ashamed of or you're not proud of, you develop a better relationship with yourself. Young believed the goal was not to eliminate the shadow but to bring it into conscious awareness and achieve a harmonious coexistence between the conscious and the unconscious aspects of the self. 
part of our journey here on earth is learning to accept those darker aspects of ourself and bring it into our conscious awareness so that we can know how to better navigate the world around us with more ease and more grace. Becoming aware of those parts of yourself that you try to hide helps you work with them. Number five, the shadow is a source of creativity. Jung recognized that the shadow contained creative potential, and by acknowledging and embracing the shadow, individuals could tap into the hidden talents, ideas, and energies that were previously suppressed. If you look at all of the most talented artists in the world, most of their meaningful art comes from the pain they've experienced and the darkness that they feel. Why do you think so many people love Olivia Rodrigo? Because she writes about the shadow parts of herself. She writes about jealousy. She writes about anger. She writes about rage. And by channeling your emotions into art, not only are you dealing with them in a healthy way, but you're acknowledging them and accepting them and that leads to a lot more peace within the self when you realize I'm just another human that has aspects of myself that I struggle with rather than being like what the fuck is wrong with me why am I like this number seven is balancing opposites Jung's work often revolved around the idea of balancing opposites The integration of the shadow was part of this process, where the conscious and unconscious elements were reconciled, leading to a more balanced and harmonious personality. I talk a lot about opposing energies on this podcast. The yin, the yang, the feminine, the masculine. You can call them all whatever you want, but we are all composed of energy and Often, the way to live a more balanced life is by integrating opposite action. I personally have to do this every single day. I tend to lean towards being a more relaxed, flowy person, and that's great, but sometimes I have to get shit done. And so I lean into opposite action. When I have the urge to take a nap, which sometimes I do, But when I have the urge to take a nap and I know that's actually going to cause me more stress than just getting something done, I will just get something done. Or when I am feeling like I should isolate myself from other people, I will text a friend. Often, the ego has us act out in ways that are not actually in alignment with what we truly want. So opposite action is such a powerful practice for that. Number eight, Jung noticed that the shadow could manifest symbolically in various ways in dreams and fantasies. Common symbols included dark or shadowy figures, wild animals, and sometimes mythological or religious figures with a dark or chaotic aspect. Something I've been thinking about lately is the obsession we have with Lilith. And I don't know if Lilith is my Roman Empire and that's why I think about her all the time. But I think in general, Lilith is a Roman Empire for women. If you guys don't know what Roman Empire means, it's a TikTok trend where basically a bunch of people figured out that their boyfriends think about the Roman Empire every single day and they were like, why do you think about the Roman Empire? We all have a Roman Empire and 
often this can come out in dreams and fantasies and symbols we think of a lot. Mine has been Lilith. For a lot of people, she represents the dark feminine, which encompasses qualities like strength and sensuality and connection to the earth. And I realized that the reason I was so fixated on Lilith is because those are things that are of great value to me in my life and I often feel disconnected from. Number nine, Jung believed shadow work was a fundamental aspect of psychological development and maturing. It allows us to grow beyond our conditioning and our limited personas to discover our true potential. So now that we've talked so much about shadow work and the shadow, that brings me to part three, how to do shadow work. The first step in shadow work is to develop self-awareness. This involves acknowledging that everyone has a shadow and it contains both negative and positive qualities. Understanding your own shadow requires introspection and an honest assessment of your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. As I mentioned before, our dreams are a gateway to uncovering the hidden aspects of our personality. They are a gateway to meeting our shadow. If you don't remember your dreams, that is okay. There are a lot of other methods we can do. Another one Jung suggested was a method called active imagination in which you imagine you engage in a conscious dialogue with the elements of your unconscious. This involves letting your imagination run freely while maintaining awareness and recording your thoughts and feelings. By engaging with the symbols and figures that emerge in your imagination, you can uncover and integrate aspects of your shadow. So a really great practice for this is just closing your eyes and imagining that you are engaging in that conversation. Another method that Jung suggests was projection awareness. Jung argues that we often project our own unconscious qualities onto others. By becoming aware of your emotional reactions or judgments towards others, you can use these triggers to identify aspects of your shadow. When you notice these projections, it's an opportunity to ask yourself why you're reacting this way and what it says about your hidden qualities. You probably have heard the world is a mirror. Look at what triggers you around you. And of course, journaling is always a great way to do shadow work. I actually came out with a shadow work journal a few years ago when I first started doing it, and it's just comprised of prompts I used to do shadow work. It's on my website, sioncamille.com. It's $5. If not, there's a ton of free ones on the internet that you guys can find. Writing about your thoughts, feelings, and experiences, especially when you notice inner conflict or emotional reactions, allows you to reflect on what these experiences reveal about your hidden aspects and your personal history. Of course, therapy is a great place to do shadow work. They can help you explore and integrate your unconscious material in a safe and structured way. I will close out with one final Carl Jung quote. He says, Knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darkness of other people. That is all for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun doing the research and just learning more about Carl Jung's work. He is 
truly such an interesting person and I highly recommend just looking more into his work if you like today's episode. As always, I love hearing back from you guys, so let me know what you thought of today's episode. Send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is at Sion Camille. I mentioned a few episodes ago, I have a book of poems and practices coming out before the new year. It is called Talking with My Angels in the Bathtub. I'm so excited to share it with you guys. And that is all for today. I hope you have a beautiful day, evening, week, month. Love your friend, Sion.